Welcome to episode 25 of the Gen X Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Piper, and I thank you for joining with me today. Now, uh, you'll notice that I started off with some uh, flute music uh, from the Creative Commons um, by an artist named... Uh, I'm not sure the artist's name, but I'm going to just say what I have, and that way I get due credit. Vinod Prasanna, Oki Zoki in Pompeii, it's a rag. Now, many of you might not understand what that means. <laughs> I don't fully understand, but uh, I love Indian music. I love the Indian music of North India, South India, uh, the classical music, I should say. And although this isn't classical music, it's uh, close enough. Um, I did my, uh, uh, in my high school, my term paper on the classical in, uh, music of Northern India. And uh, ever since I was in between my junior and senior years in high school, I have loved uh, classical Indian music, food. I started learning Hindi a little bit. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten <laughs> most of what I learned. But then back in 2005, my wife and I took a two-month trip uh, to India. And we thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of the most um, wonderful trips we'd ever taken. We got to see a new culture that was so different from the United States of America. Uh, the hospitality there was just breathtakingly beautiful. Um, and yet it's not, of course, without its problems. Uh, there's a lot of poverty there. Uh, the caste system is still, you know, deeply rooted uh, in the culture. And, uh, you know, every culture does have its uh, has its issues, or have its issues and its problems. So we're not blind to, to that, but uh, nonetheless, it was a beautiful trip. So I wanted to start off with <laughs> with that music. Um, and again, uh, all credit to Vinod Prasanna, Okijoki, and Pompeii off the Creative Commons. The other reason why I wanted to pick that, that music is it, it is kind of a sort of a, you could say, maybe a little bit of a psychedelic, um, has a psychedelic vibe to it. And the reason why I wanted to pick, you know, psychedelic-ish sort of music is because I'm reviewing uh, two rolls of film, or two types of film, that I recently got to shoot. Now, these rolls of film are not cheap, and they're not common, and I was very fortunate to be able to to get some on eBay, um, and those rolls or those films are the Kodak Ektachrome EIR infrared film, otherwise known as Aerochrome, and Lomography's Lomochrome Turquoise XR uh, film. Now, both these uh, film stocks were relatively expensive, more expensive than any other film I've ever bought, um, but I was happy to have been able to shoot them and I still have one roll left of my Lomochrome Turquoise. I've shot two rolls of the uh, Kodak EIR Ektachrome infrared uh, film. And so I wanted to go into the process of how I shot both those kinds of films and I'll start with the uh, Ektachrome EIR. Now you notice <laughs> I talked uh, in a previous episode about doing um, a comparison between uh, the 
uh, infrared film and the Lomography's Lomochrome Purple XR film. Well, unfortunately, my development of the Lomochrome Purple didn't really do too well. I, something went wrong, I didn't get good results. So I'm not going to even talk about that. Um, I have one more roll of uh, Lomochrome Purple that Roxana Angles sent to me lovingly and uh, generously, and I, I'm eager to shoot it as per uh, some of the uh, suggestions that she gave me. But for right now, I'm just going to talk about the infrared film and the turquoise film. Now, the for the infrared film, uh, I was nervous to shoot it because it's such special film. It's such rare film. It's also it was also expired, but according to the sellers, uh, it was freezer stored. So I put my my trust in in the uh, sellers and then shot it accordingly. Now the first roll, I I just uh, I shot it mainly bracketing it just because I knew I had another roll and I wanted to find out what the best exposure would be. Now typically it's rated for uh, ISO 200 but I shot it at bracketed it between ISO 100, 200, and 400. So what goes into shooting uh, aerochrome or or uh, infrared film, color infrared film. It's a slide film. What goes into shooting this kind of film? Well, the, you have to take a couple of things in, into consideration. For one thing, this film cannot see light until it's in the camera. So that means when you buy the roll of film, it must stay within the canister until it goes into the into the camera and when you load that film into the camera it must be loaded into the camera in utter darkness so I went into the darkest place in my house closed the door so I was in absolute darkness and then loaded my film that way uh, no light could reach this film because this film is sensitive to infrared light as well as normal light now what kind of cameras does this uh, film require? Well, it's recommended that you don't use a modern camera, uh, such as that uh, those with uh, uh, sensors or th things like this. It's recommended that you use a mechanical camera. Uh, reason being is that there are certain little lights that uh, uh, help the camera to understand uh, about uh, DX coding and things like this, and it's it would uh, it, it, it be detrimental to the to the effects that you're wanting to get. So, uh, shooting this uh, film requires that you well, not requires. It's, there's no requirement, but it's strongly recommended that you use a, a mechanical camera, uh, one with good light seals, uh, everything tight and uh, proper. And in fact, for my first roll, I just put <laughs> black electrical tape all around the seals, and I realized after my second roll that that was rather unnecessary, but nonetheless, I was real nervous. Another thing that is important to do for this film is because it sees infrared light, uh, it does require uh, a certain fil uh, certain kinds of filters for uh, the front of your lens. If you don't use a filter, from what I've understood, I, I never, I didn't try it out. It's again, too expensive to to fool around with, um, 
if you use no filters, it's said that it will just produce kind of washed out normal colors. So in order to get the effects that you want to get from infrared film, that being that the uh, foliage of grass and leaves and trees would instead of being green, they'd turn out pink or purple or red. And the skies would be more a more intense saturated uh, color. Uh, skin tones would be more yellow, I guess. Uh, if you want to get those effects, then you need to use a filter. And one of the most commonly recommended filters was a Rattan yellow number 12 filter. So that's what I used. Now you can use an orange filter, a green filter, a red filter for more uh, for different results, I chose a yellow number 12 filter for my camera, and it worked out perfectly. Now, on older cameras, on lenses, around the lens, uh, the, the lens ring, you'll notice uh, with the focal distance that there's a little uh, red I or red R, and what that means is that if you focus, say, to infinity, you want to go that little extra uh, jump to to bring your focus to that red R, so that infinity instead of meeting up with the normal arrow that you uh, uh, focus on, that you've moved that uh, ring to the R, the red R, and have that on the infinity. And that the reason being is that infrared light is a different wavelength than normal visible light. And so in order to, to be in focus, you need to focus slightly differently and use the red R or the red I on your lens as the point of focus rather than uh, the arrow, the white arrow or uh, diamond that you normally would. So that's a, uh, something to remember. Um, now, again, like I said, I, I bracketed all my shots. I shot it at ISO 100 shot, shots, various shots at ISO 100, 200, and 400. I uh, finished my roll, and then once you're done with the roll, same thing as when you load the film into the camera. When you unload it, do it in complete darkness, put the, the canister into, you know, the, the, the can, the lidded can, in darkness, and then you know, ship it off or develop it yourself. It is, it's a slide film and can be developed in E6 chemicals, but I don't have that set up and I wouldn't even dare try to anyways. <laughs> so I sent it off to the, to the dark room. And when I got my results back, um, I learned something. <laughs> I should have waited. I should have waited to shoot this film because uh, I was, I bought it, you know, before foliage had really come out. I think I bought it in the spring. And uh, so I was eager to shoot it. In fact, I might have bought it in the winter, now that I'm thinking about it. But anyways, I was eager to shoot it. And the first sign of green that came out, I was out there shooting. I should have waited uh, for more full foliage to come out for, you know, summer, <laughs> instead of mid early to mid-spring. Um, because when I got the results, uh, there wasn't too much color. I mean, there, there was enough color, but it, we were, here in Vermont, we were still, uh, things weren't greening up too terribly much yet. So I learned that, you know, I should have waited, and thankfully I had a second roll. Well, with the second roll, I, you know, I shot it 
much later in the season. Um, and this time I realized that because of the last roll, I found out which exposure seemed to produce the best results, and that was shooting at ISO 200, that I would shoot the second roll at ISO 200. And um, now, I, I forgot to mention one thing. Uh, when you're metering, if you have a, a, a camera where it meters through the lens, then you're set to go, even with the yellow filter on. Um, if not, then you're going to have to take that into consideration and uh, I think open up one half or even one stop. So if you're shooting it at, say, ISO, uh, um, well, yeah, ISO 200, but uh, if you're shooting it at F16, um, you'd want to open it up to F11 if you don't have uh, a, you know, metering through the lens. But if you have metering through the lens, then you can just shoot as you normally would. Uh, just again, I've only shot two rolls. This is what I've learned thus far. Those of you that, that have shot a lot more of this film, um, reach out to me and tell me, please inform me of uh, uh, anything that I'm saying that's not quite right. Um, I, I would welcome the, the uh, information for sure. And of course, my listeners would as well. And I'll make sure if you inform me that I'll pass that along on this podcast. So the second roll that I shot was just fantastic. I, I sent it off to the darkroom, again, shooting it at ISO, ISO 200. I shot a lot of uh, foliage, uh, a lot of foliage, a lot of trees, leaves, grass, um, various uh, places here in Vermont. And I got the roll back and I was just utterly amazed at the results um you know you've seen these pictures of infrared film or you know infrared pictures where the grass and the trees are pink or red um and the sky is a, a brilliant blue and water can be almost black um depending on the the exposure and that is indeed what it was. I, I was expecting maybe a little bit more a subtle, uh, I was actually expecting more of a subtle red and or maybe a slightly orange and it turned out to be brilliant pink. All, every, all the leaves, all the foliage, whether it was on the ground or in the trees, just turned out to be this brilliant, beautiful pink. <laughs> uh, I was happy that I had two rolls because the first roll it was fine, but it didn't. It didn't impress me that much. The second roll utterly impressed me. So, if you happen to find a roll or two of the color infrared slide film on eBay or elsewhere, uh, and if you can, if you can afford it, because it 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 is not cheap. They they go for. I hate to say this, but they go for you know close to a hundred or more dollars per roll. If you find some infrared film and feel like it, you can justify it for the photographic expression, for the, the you know, just the artistic endeavor <laughs> of, of photography and you want to do this, I would strongly recommend that you get it as long as the seller has said that it is freezer stored 
or cold stored and that they are the original owner. Otherwise, it's, it's too expensive to take a chance on. But if they can assure you that they're the original owner and they kept it in cold storage, then you know that you can expose it, you know, the way it was intended and get good results. Again, using a, a color filter, yellow filter, yellow number 12 is what I use, and making sure you load it and unload it the cam uh, from the camera, into the camera and out of the camera in outer darkness. Um, and again, I recommend the darkroom. Any other uh, film labs that you uh, have trust in, I'm sure they're fine. I've used the darkroom for a number of times and they've always done fantastic results. So I uh, truly recommend them. Well, moving on to the other uh, type of film that I got my hands on, uh, <laughs> the Lomochrome, uh, Lomography's Lomochrome Turquoise XR uh, film. Now this is a film that was, it's also quite rare. Uh, from what I understand, I, I read about it, that only 5,000 rolls or so were made. Now I don't, I don't know if I trust that, but that's, that's what I read somewhere. So that being the case, it is quite, uh, quite rare film. Well, one morning, uh, <laughs> I said this on the Negative Positives uh, podcast to give a little role review of the Lumochrome Turquoise. Well, anyways, one morning before work, I was scouting eBay just as I quite often do, and I've been on the hunt for Lumochrome Turquoise for quite a while. Not as long as some of you out there, but. You know, for myself, I've been on the hunt for it for quite a while, ever since I saw it. You know, saw pictures from people that take uh, took pictures from the, the, uh, that kind of film. And uh, <laughs> one morning, I think it was, I don't know, two in the morning maybe, before work, I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw some rolls, two rolls uh, for sale in Japan. And the seller had a, you know, good... Uh, you, you know, good rating, 99.5% or something like that. I can't remember. And uh, he said he was the original owner. They were kept in the freezer. And no, they weren't cheap, but I uh, decided I'm going to pull the plug and buy, buy them. So I bought the two rolls, and then he messaged me back and said he had three more rolls that he would be willing to send me for uh, reduced price and free shipping. Uh, reduced price, not meaning, you know, cheap by any means, but nonetheless reduced. It made it a little more palatable. So I end up, ended up buying five rolls of the Lomography Lomochrome Turquoise. And, uh, oh, I was so excited. So, so excited. So I, uh, it, by this time, much more foliage was out. And uh, in fact, we were pretty much in, in summer, not officially in summer, but it was basically summer. And uh, so I put one roll in the camera. Now this film is just a color negative film. It's a special effects film. It's not like the Kodak EIR. It's not, uh, you know, not that difficult to shoot. Um, it's much more simple to shoot. It's a standard color negative, just <laughs> more of a special effects film rather than, say, Kodak Gold or, uh, you know, Portra or something like that. Um, and uh, it is said to be rated like, you know, many of, well, all of Lomography's Lomochrome series, 
said to be rated at ISO 100 to 200 to 400. So a two-stop variance from 100 to 400. And um, so anyways, I decided to shoot it at ISO 400 after seeing, you know, reading about it and seeing, you know, results online. Um, from what I understand, there's not that much difference between ISO 100 and 400 as far as the results will get, but it just becomes, the colors become maybe a little bit more saturated the, with the, the higher ISO. So I decided to, to do that. Well, I shot, you know, a variety of uh, things, slightly different than the, well, well, quite a bit different, I should say, than the uh, uh, infrared film. I shot a lot of buildings. I shot uh, some cars, some downtown scenes in Montpelier, Vermont, and Randolph, Vermont, where I live. Uh, I shot uh, some pictures of my um, my daughter, my brother-in-law, uh, myself. I did some self-portraits. I did some double exposures of a tree that I uh, that I love to photograph. And uh, in, anyways, just a variety of things, and kind of like the Kodak infrared film, I didn't want to chance developing it myself because yes, I've developed, you know, well over a hundred rolls of film, but I don't want to chance it. It's, it was too expensive, too, it's too rare. So I decided to send it off to the darkroom and boy, am I glad that I did because when I got the, the uh, photos back, I tell you what, <laughs> This film is indeed special, and man, oh man, Lomography, I wish you'd bring it back. You know, I, I like Lomochrome purple, and I, I I should say even more like the Lomochrome Metropolis, weirdly enough, because I didn't like it too much at first. Now I, I like it quite a bit more. But the Lomochrome turquoise is just fantastic. Just fantastic. I, oh... Lomography, please bring it back. Please, please, please bring it back. We out here in the photographic community want it to come back. Please, Lomography, bring Lomochrome Turquoise back. Please, 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 we beg you. <laughs> do you get a sense that I love this film? Yes, I do. Well, what, what are the results of this film? Well, as with the other uh, Lomochrome other films of the Lomochrome series. This film loves sunlight, bright sunlight. So, on overcast days, don't shoot this film. Wait for a sunny day, or at the very least, a sunny day with those nice cumulus, cumulus clouds in the sky. They will be fine. Uh, so, it loves uh, sunny days. It loves uh, colors... What it does, <laughs> that sounds weird, it loves colors, but the colors, the effects that this film makes is that it will turn greens, the grass, the leaves, it will turn foliage from foliage green, natural green, into a deep emerald green. It's a really cool effect. It will turn anything that's red or red-toned like skin, like red brick, like stop signs, like a hot red racing car, uh, anything red will become blue or blue-toned. 
<laughs> and then anything that's blue, like the sky, water, things like that, will turn orange. And the deeper the blue, the deeper the orange it is. Um, it, I don't know if you guys remember uh, the album Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin, a really cool album from, I think, 73 maybe? I'm not sure. But the, the cover of that album is these two, I think it's siblings, uh, climbing on a geologic formation in uh, Scotland or Ireland or England. I'm not sure where it's at. But if you look at the sky in the background, it really is reminiscent of this. Uh, th this film is reminiscent of that. It, it makes the sky a deep orange. Uh, now the children in that in, on that album cover are more akin to what the Kodak infrared film will give you with the wan sort of yellowish uh, tones in the skin whereas with the Lomochrome turquoise it makes skin more blue uh, not maybe may, uh, not necessarily like a deep blue but just a bluish tone um, maybe the redder you are perhaps if you're sunburned it, it will make you more, even more blue but anyways it's just a fantastic film it's a you know, it's a fun film. Uh, it can give you some really cool, trippy, psychedelic results, and I really uh, do appreciate it. And again, I wish Lomography would bring it back, but I'm, I'm not in the film business. I don't know the, obviously, not, many of us don't know the ins and outs of producing a film and then bringing it to market. So, you know, I, I appreciate that they brought it out for a short time, and I really appreciate the fact that I got to shoot uh, one roll, I have one more roll in the freezer, and I've sent off some rolls uh, elsewhere. So, anyways, I want to uh, <laughs> just thank you for listening to me ramble a little bit about these two wonderful, wonderful films. And again, if you ever get a chance to, if you see it on eBay, see them on eBay, and you feel like you can do it, you have the available funds or desire or the craziness, to purchase these uh, films, do it because it is, they're just so fantastic. So, anyways, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Uh, the next podcast will be a, an interview with Roxana Engels. And until next time, thank you all for listening and keep those analog vibes alive. <laughs>